When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Ridiculous Border Gavaskar Podcast. I'm Baras Sundaresan. I'm here with my co-host, Dan Deepke. Hello. Uh, and, and hello, hello, Dan. Oof. We are covering the historical Border Gavaskar series, uh, you know, to find out which nation is the more ridiculous at cricket. And it's safe to say, Dan, and I'm sure you'd agree, that India-Australia has uh, sort of taken over as the, the rivalry to watch out for in cricket. Even though, you know, every time we'll take a break from it for the Ashes, but India-Australia is where it matters, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Certainly for the purposes of this podcast, anyway. I mean, no, no point talking about any other nations for this one. <laughs> of course. And, and look, uh, the first there are so many India Australia series we could we could have started with. Uh, but uh, uh, look, uh, Australia are going to be in India very very soon uh, for the return of the Border Gavaskar series. Uh, and I think in my journalistic career, the the most ridiculous India-Australia series I have covered uh, was the one where Australia visited India in 2017. Uh, there were all sorts of drama on and off the field. And I think it's, it's we both decided that it's the best place to start. Definitely the best place to start. And, and, and how the whole thing works is that uh, for each test, uh, we'll go through the test one by one and uh, we'll highlight the ridiculous moments uh, delivered by each side. I'll do the Australian ones and Barat will do the yeah. Indian ones. And uh, at the end, we'll get together and we'll decide which of, the, which of the six moments in total is the most ridiculous. That will get three points. The second most ridiculous will get two. And the third most ridiculous, one point. And the team which uh, has the most ridiculous moments will be declared the winner of that ridiculous test match. And without getting too bogged down in the definition of ridiculous, uh, we basically ha- can have ridiculous good, ridiculous bad, ridiculous absurd. Doesn't really matter as, lo- as long as it's something kind of out of the ordinary and, you know, we, you, you know it when you see it. So uh, that's what we'll be going with here. Uh, that sounds perfect, Dan. Yeah, we should just get stuck into it. And, and like you said, yeah, ridiculous could be anything. And uh, as we've seen when these two teams play each other, uh, mostly it's ridiculously good. So such incredible talents on show. Uh, but again, yes, we have some ridiculous players uh, involved when India and Australia play each other and new or once on board as well. So there's always something out of the ordinary that transpires. Or And also you and I are the types who will spot <laughs> something, right? Even even if it, it might miss the, the eye of uh, an avid cricket watcher, you and I are not avid cricket watchers. We almost watch cricket to pick out these ridiculous moments. Well, that, 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 that's the best part of watching cricket, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yes. I mean, runs and wickets and boundaries, everybody talks about. Yeah, yeah but it's, uh, it's what happens in between the runs 
runs and the wickets that matters. Exactly. So, so where where were uh, India heading into this Test series? Look, Dan, India were really tired. <laughs> it was it was I, I, and for what nearly like Sachin Tendulkar retired in 2013. Uh, the next year was India was supposed to play West Indies in a, a bunch of Test matches, but the West Indies just ridiculously went home. That's right. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they just decided to pack up and go home. Uh, the next year, 2015, they played South Africa at home, but it was that series was all over the place. Uh, we saw some pretty uh, uh, ragingly uh, ridiculous turners, if I may say so. Uh, and that series didn't last too long. Uh, so going into the 2016-17 season, India hadn't played much test cricket at home. So what do you do? You just <laughs> pack the calendar up with like literally no breaks at all. Uh, and in between, like I remember covering the uh, a test match in each of those series at home. So New Zealand came in September, and September is not when India generally hosts international cricket. Uh, the season or the winter season really starts more towards the end of October. Uh, but but yeah, I mean 2016 it started September 22nd when uh, New Zealand played their first test in Kanpur. That they played three tests in that series, and then they hung around for some white ball stuff. Then England came and played five tests, right. uh, spread between I think early November or early December, right into early January. And then Bangladesh came and uh, quite uh, interestingly played their first ever test match on Indian soil, even though they'd been around for 17 years at that point <laughs> as a test nation. Um, and like like I said, England actually did a full tour. They played ODIs, T20Is, and by the end, by the time Australia landed, India had already already played nine tests, uh, eight ODIs, three T20Is uh, in the space of, what, four months. Uh, So they were really, really tired. And the guys uh, uh, who had really shouldered the burden of the Indian bowling ranks anyway were R. Ashwin and Ravindra Jadeja. They were at their peak. They were ranked one and two in test cricket at that point. Uh, And between them, Dan, they had bowled over 1,000 overs across formats. That's that's Uh, a busy workload. Busy workload, yeah. And taken nearly 130 wickets. So not surprised. Surprisingly, I think going in, what Anil Kumble and Virat Kohli wanted were uh, quick test matches. Uh, and also the test matches that had been played before or prior to Australia's arrival were all on flat, classic subcontinental mm-hmm. tickets. The ones you would find in the 1990s yeah. uh, or the late 1990s. So all those, most of those test matches went into day five, like scores of 400, not just scored <laughs> by India, but the overs or the visiting teams as well. Uh, so when Australia arrived, I think India just decided, you know what, if we want, want uh, Jadeja and Ashwin to basically stand on two feet and for their shoulders and fingers not fall off. We'll need some pitches where, which can produce some really quick uh, quick test matches. And that's what really led into that uh, interesting or ridiculous pitch that we found in Pune. Yeah, well, from an Australian perspective, Australia, I mean, I think India were correct to think they could get some quick, uh, quick test results here because Australia's form wasn't great heading into this test series. Uh, their most recent Asian tour had been a three-match tour of Sri Lanka at the end of the previous year and they'd lost that one 3-0. Uh, then they'd returned home and they'd lost the first two tests against South Africa, including this uh, wretched 85 all-out oh, yeah. in the second test, which uh, prompted calls for mass axings and got uh, all kinds of interesting new people into the side, such as Matt Renshaw and Peter Hanscom and Nick Maddinson. Uh, the, uh, so Australia won the third test against South Africa, a bit of a consolation victory there. And then they went on to beat Pakistan 3-0 in the second series of home tests. Uh, but that wasn't really great pre- preparation for India. The last time 
time they toured India uh, in the Homework Gate series. Uh, they lost 4-0 and uh, I don't think there was much confidence uh, among Australian fans they'd do any better this time around. So just to summarise what happened in this first test... Uh, Australia won the toss. Uh, they chose to bat first. David Warner and Matt Renshaw then put on 82 for the first wicket, which was quite impressive. Uh, but after Warner was out, uh, Matt Renshaw went off with some stomach illness oh, oh. and then there was middle order stumbles and they fell to 169 for five and then 205 for nine. Uh, uh, there was just a little bit of 10th uh, wicket hitting from Mitchell Stark to get them to 260. In reply, India lost a few early wickets, including uh, Virat Kohli's duck, his first ever duck. And then Steve O'Keefe triggered a collapse of 7 for 11, which saw India bowled out for just 105. Australia batted again. Steve Smith scored a century as Australia reached 285, which meant India needed 441 for an improbable victory. Uh, instead, O'Keefe took another six-wicket haul, uh, finishing with 12 for the match. India were bowled out for 107, giving Australia a 333-run victory and a very shocking 1-0 lead in the series. Yeah. And look, uh, even before we got to Pune, Dan, uh, I remember reading a lot about, even writing about it, how Australia had spent a few weeks in the UAE uh, preparing for this series. Not only were, had they you know, scuffed up some of those pitches that surrounded them, or every batter was surrounded by a lot of plastic chairs, which, you know, <laughs> I don't know, when you're, when you're traveling with a massive squad, I don't know why you wouldn't use human players <laughs> to practice uh, for like you know the conditions or the situations they were expecting to face in India, but they use plastic chairs. I don't know. Maybe they think Indian cricketers are like plastic chairs. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say that's a, that's a little bit offensive to Indian cricketers, surely, to compare them to plastic chairs. Yeah, definitely. I think they have a lot more personality. Most of them, especially. Most Santa of them, Rahul. yeah, sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think uh, Pujara or Rahane would take great umbrage to that. <laughs> I would as well on their behalf. Uh, and they land in India. And it's the, oh, I remember the only talk Steve Smith in that press conference with uh, alongside Darren Lehman. Seems like a long time ago. Mm. You stay take uh, those two names together in the same sentence. Um, and I, in my preview for that tour, I wrote about how all they spoke about, uh, how un-Aussie they sounded. It was all about hope. Everything was about yeah. hope. I even counted, I think, 17 times the word hope was mentioned in uh, that first ever press conference. Uh, if, you know, generally Australian teams would travel <laughs> and when you would be asked about the opposition captain, they would say, oh yeah, we'll knock him over. Yeah. Uh, and Virat Kohli at that point was in this rich reign of form, an incredible reign of form. He would stop scoring runs. Um, and neither Smith nor Lehman sounded very confident about having any great plan. You know, uh, they said there was something, but they didn't sound confident at all. It was all based on hope. Yeah, you, you can't imagine Steve... I don't even think Steve Waugh believes in hope. Steve Waugh would just, you know, will things into being like if, if it wasn't happening he'd just make it happen yeah he certainly didn't believe in anything as commonplace as hope uh, i mean like yeah i mean uh andy dufresne might have convinced uh, <laughs> morgan freeman's character in Shawshank redemption imagine just imagine that scene if it was steve war uh, you know when uh, 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 a i don't think steve war would have like gone and looked for any box hidden somewhere <laughs> yeah once he was released from prison uh <laughs> And yeah, I mean, like, I, I, actually, we should we should make a spoof Shawshank Redemption movie with Steve Waugh in it. You know, with the, the, the Warshank Redemption. The Warshank Redemption. Yeah, I mean, imagine right that nickname Steve was Tugger is just made for <laughs> someone who is in a prison break movie. But anyway, uh, we digress. Uh, we do. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, there was hope, and then things didn't go well for them in the warm up game. Uh, it was at the CCI, the Brabon Stadium, where again the expectation was, oh, there'll be spin from day one, uh, and the 
one thing we've learned from teams coming to the subcontinent, especially going to India, is once you start playing the spinners and spin in your head, that's it. You're not looking at the ball. Yeah. Uh, we saw it with England last year when they were in India. And then, of course, what happens is India pro- or the uh, CCI or the BCCI provides the flattest pitch you could imagine <laughs> at Brebone. Uh, they picked two spinners in the India A squad. Uh, Krishnapur Gautam that nobody had really heard of much at that point. And he breaks down, allegedly, doesn't bowl a single ball. <laughs> and all Australia get to face are India A's part-time spinners. So the likes of Shreya Sire, even Rishabh Pant bowled a few overs. And I think, if, if I'm not mistaken, got a wicket as well. Uh, no, that, that's, that sounds like Pant. Yeah, right. That exactly sounds like Rishabh Pant. Um, and then, you know, there was this hype around Nathan Lyon. 2000, till 2013, he'd never looked comfortable in, mm. in the subcontinent. But towards the end of the 2013 series, there was talk about, about how... Um, and, and they've had a weird relationship, right? Nathan Lyon and R. Ashwin. Every time Ashwin's come to Australia, everyone in India wants him to bowl like Lyon. And every time <laughs> Lyon goes to India, everybody in Australia wants him to bowl like Ashwin. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a weird... I would love to have them seated together and talking about that someday. Uh, and and uh, Nathan Lyon got absolutely walloped in that game. Uh, initially, it was Shreya Sire, uh, who has since gone and played Test cricket and one-day cricket and T20 cricket for India. Uh, but he was this young Tyro from Mumbai at that point. Uh, we all saw a lot of him, you know, considering I was from Mumbai, I saw a lot of him, covered a lot of his junior cricket. And he just smashed Nathan Lyon on day one. And day two, this Krishnapa Gautam, who did not bowl in the second innings, or bowled in the first innings, uh, at one point smashed Nathan Lyon for, I think, four sixes in two oh, overs. And, and in that spell, Nathan Lyon's numbers were six overs, none for 57. <laughs> and it was all courtesy Krishnapa Gautam. And at one point, Nathan Lyon even walked up to Shreya Sayer and asked him, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, look, he could have. There were a lot of people at the ground, even in the press box, who were asking the same question. Yeah. Um, so this is the, so basically the India A guys just smashed the con- whatever confidence Nathan Lyon had going into that series uh, completely off. Uh, and the Aussies hardly got to play spin. Sean Marsh and Steve Smith made hundreds in that game. So it wasn't a classical build-up. So all the preparation in the UAE had sort of come to naught when they landed in Mumbai, uh, just because. India didn't give them anything to work with. Fantastic. All right. So what's your first nomination here? Uh, my first nomination uh, is, funnily enough, the curator. Uh, mm-hmm. the cur- uh, and he's a fascinating character, Pandurang Salgaonkar. Unfortunately, a couple of years after this, or actually the next year, uh, there was a one day that New Zealand were playing and there was these false allegations of pitch tampering or match fixing that were leveled against him. And he's a really sweet guy and it really impacted him. And thankfully, the, the, those uh, allegations were dropped later on. Yep. It was just some random sting operation that was carried out on him. But rewind to 12 uh, rewind 12 months and back in February 2017 um, I, I remember he did this one he had this wonderful uh, press conference with all the Indian journalists it was a hot day it was a very hot uh, week in Pune uh, and for those listening to us in Australia Pune is uh, Pune is uh, like say uh, what Geelong is to Melbourne. Right, yep. Yeah, it's the same size as Geelong. Um, it doesn't have an AFL side called the Cats, but <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. it. So there's this highway you can get onto from Mumbai and it just carries you there. And the stadium is interestingly located. It's not all the way in Pune. Um, some would say it's closer to the to New Bombay, as uh, a, a part of Bombay is called, than Pune. So it's in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's a strange stadium. It's a stadium which has, uh, at one end, 
Dan, they have these massive kennels very close to the press conference. Kennels? Room. Kennels with okay. nearly 40 dogs. And okay. Massive dogs. I, don't ask me why. Because the, the guy who uh, runs the stadium you know, is a massive canine fan, clearly. Uh, and you know there is a match happening in Pune if, uh, or back in the day because they were, the first picture you would see is MS Dhoni surrounded by dogs because he's a dog guy. <laughs> <laughs> and like he knew all their names. And if you were a journalist uh, and a lot of, not everyone in India is a dog fan. In fact, most of them or a lot of them are really scared of dogs. So going to the press conference room used to be quite uh, an experience because you would hear all these big German shepherds and Rottweilers barking <laughs> as you walk towards the press conference room. Um, so, I mean, I always used to tell them it's MS Dhoni's ensured that they are set free every time, like, you know, India lose <laughs> just so that <laughs> uh, those who want to ask him the hard questions stay away. Uh, and, and, and the curator Pandurang Salgankar actually is a former cricketer, played for Maharashtra, was a fast bowler. From all reports, was this menacing fast bowler who surprisingly didn't play for uh, for India. But in the 70s, he broke Sunil Gavaskar's hand during okay. a game. Um, in one tour game against West Indies, got rid of Roy Fredericks and Alvin Kalichara and he bounced them out. Um, and he sat on this plastic chair inside this tunnel. He was We, we surrounded him. There were like at least 20, 25 of us, a couple of Australian journalists as well. Uh, and he spoke about like how no fast bo- uh, no batsman to this day even comes close to me because they're scared <laughs> of me. And at this point, he was, uh, I would say, close to 70 years old. Right. Uh, and he would he spoke about how this pitch will fly, there will be bounce. And you have to remember, this is the first ever test match in Pune. So, you know, he, it, it was a virgin test pitch in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was his debut as a test curator. So there he sat talking about the pitch will fly, there will be bounce. And from where we stood, we could see the pitch. It was it was as bland. Uh, <laughs> the color was, was had this wheatish complexion. You could see without even going close to it that it was extremely dry. Um, but yeah, Pandurang Salgaonkar was having none of it. Uh, <laughs> he, he kept talking about like, you know, there'll be bounce. And he even went to the other extreme. He said, there will be cracks. Yes, the sun is out. Uh, but unlike cracks in other parts of the country, this will provide nothing for the spinners. <laughs> nothing for the spinners. Shame he didn't tell Steve O'Keefe about that. I know, exactly, right? So, uh, and while that was happening, uh, Daljeet Singh, who uh, also thinks a former cricketer, but more importantly, has been the head of curators in India for a long time, or had mm-hmm. been at that stage. And every time you saw Daljeet Singh walk into a ground that uh, <laughs> he isn't a part, or he's from the north, uh, but they would fly him in only if uh, there was an emergency with, with regards to the surface. But randomly, while Pandurang Salgankar was talking about this fiery whack-up pitch that he had produced in Pune, <laughs> a gabba pitch, um, Daljit Singh was walking towards the pitch. And we knew at that point, whatever Pandurang is saying doesn't count. Um, and literally all our attention just changed uh, or just turned towards what was happening towards Daljit and the pitch. Um, as we would later found, uh, find out, uh, there were a lot of he-told, she-told, uh, you know, uh, allegations thrown around because or accusations thrown around because we know what happened in the in the match as you laid out there uh, and the curators complained about how their hands had been forced and the team management Anil Kumble and co had forced them to produce a turning pitch and how this pitch wasn't going to be uh, you know, couldn't uh, couldn't just be a turning pitch, right? When you tamper with a pitch, if it's not naturally one that is suited for a particular kind of bowling, you're destroying it. And the Pune yeah. pitch, I remember even the previous year, the Ranji Trophy final, uh, Ranji Trophies are domestic uh, our Sheffield Shield in India. The final was dominated by fast bowlers. The spinners bowled four overs between them, so that's that was the reputation this pitch had, like you know, and the curator had. Uh, but they were uh, apparently their hand was forced, and they used everything 
coming from metal brushes and I was just surprised then that they didn't let the dogs out. I mean, if I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you have like a bunch of really angry German shepherds and Rottweilers, just let them on the pitch, right? Yeah, like, they'll dig it up there. Be... Exactly, yeah, but they didn't. Uh, and they'd use met- metallic brushes and literally they stopped watering the pitch four days out from the test match. Mm. It, it, it was extreme to another level. Uh, and I mean, it really has to stand as the most ridiculous press conference now when you think back <laughs> at it. And I also, uh, on, on a personal front, my wife had just left for Australia. Yeah. Um, she came here to study to Adelaide. Um, and, and I remember it, it was unique for me. You know, we'd already been married for quite a while. But suddenly, uh, I hope she doesn't listen to this, but I had freedom. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was by myself in Bombay, like for the first time in many years. Yeah. So even though, you know, I'd, and within a day or two, I, I had to uh, travel to Pune for this test match. So I wanted the test match to finish early so that I could go back Steve and wonder, yeah. yeah, live again in a way. So yeah. Uh, but, and I remember at the end of that press conference, just putting my, I, I didn't know him at all, but I just put uh, put my arm on his shoulder, Pandurang uh, Salgaonkar, and I said, sir, please, can you finish this test match in two days? Uh, my wife is left and I have to go sort things out. And he just smiled and said, yes, yes, yes. So at some level, I would like to believe that he did it for me. Very good. The uh, Not quite as uh, fast as advertised pitch. That's a that's an excellent nomination. Uh, okay. Well, my first nomination is uh, Matt Renshaw shitting himself. Uh, <laughs> So and, and this this is quite literally. Uh, he, he wasn't terrified of the fast bowlers on this uh, lightning fast track. He was uh, literally uh, worried worried about something that might happen in his pants. So as I mentioned, Warner uh, was out in the twenty eighth over, and as Warner wandered off the field, Matt Renshaw, his opening partner, ran off uh, ran off at the same time. And uh, Steve Smith came out, the captain, uh, batting at number three, and he kind of questioned Renshaw what he was doing, and he actually dragged poor old Matt Renshaw back to the middle. To to talk to the umpire and uh it was only after Renshaw explained look I'm I'm you know, <laughs> su- suffering from some gastrointestinal distress here uh that the umpire allowed him to retire I think he was retired ill technically and he r- raced off to the toilet to the dressing room which meant poor old uh, Sean Marsh also had to come out of the dressing room so uh, entirely new partnership after the dismissal of David Warner so we did have on the, on the final word podcast a few years later. We Renshaw kind of gave us a glimpse into his mind <laughs> as to what he was thinking, and he basically said that he let one rip out there in the middle about fifteen minutes away from lunch, and then about five minutes later he was starting to feel a bit uncomfortable, and he said, "Is this another fart or is this something a bit more serious?" And then uh, he asked uh, Kettleborough, how the umpire, how long until lunch, and he was like fifteen minutes, and he, he did the maths and thought four hours. I'm not sure I can last mm. that long, and so uh, when Warner was out again gave him an excuse to trot off which uh which didn't please uh several former old australian cricketers so we did have alan border in commentary and he was not at all impressed with uh, matt renshaw he said quite remarkably he hoped that renshaw was in there half dead so uh, a bit a bit harsh from baby yeah look we've all been there at some point uh, maybe not in the middle uh you know playing a test match with the whole world watching you uh but yeah there are times and that's what matt renshaw said at the end of the day he came and said, uh, you know, there are times when you have to go, you have to go. And he came yeah. back and batted. Um, and some of the lines I used in my piece, uh, I'm very impressed by. Thanks to you, I had to go back and read some of them. I said, at, when David Warner was dismissed, he left holding his head and <laughs> Matt Renshaw hold, holding his stomach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, he came back and uh, then I also said that he looked a lot more relieved when he came out and mm. batted. And he batted pretty well. Uh, you're right. Alan Border went after him. Damien Martin, uh, of course, in these situations, you just expect 
Justin Langer's name to come out, yes. right? Like, you know, but I don't think, and as much as Justin Langer deserves to be respected to, well, you know, for walking out to bat with uh, a bandage around, over his head after being hit on the head and being concussed, uh, I think it's very different scenarios. I think with a head injury or what, what, you know, one of those things, you're slightly more in control of what's happening, mm. right? But whoever you are, even if you're the toughest uh, man on the planet <laughs> or toughest woman on the planet, when your bowels are, you know, are want to take a call in many ways, yep. they're in control. You just have to submit. You, that's, you know, you can be Arnold Schwarzenegger, but you have, you have to go. You have yep. to go. There's nothing you can do. Yes. And I, I did feel bad for, um, uh, for him. And Damien Martin was the one who brought up Justin Langer and said he would have lost a limb and still batted on. But I, I mean, yes, as painful as it sounds, I don't know if it would compare to what Renshaw had to. Uh, yeah, I, I guess if you lost an arm, you just bat with the other arm, and if you yeah. lose a leg, you just hop down the pitch yeah I, I think you'd easily lose a limb and bat on yeah exactly yeah and, and look uh, maybe maybe this is why they pl- practiced with plastic chairs right? <laughs> i don't think <laughs> plastic chairs would have an issue with you yep. shut your pants while easy batting. to clean easy to clean yeah yep. i funnily enough even wrote a piece on just renshaw's toilet issues i called a, <laughs> uh, an oh, international umpire who i knew and i asked him like what is the what is the clarity like you know and this is back when i wasn't umpiring so i wanted to know if there is a specific law or just a mention for a toilet break that or uh, you know because there's the law book there are also a lot of interpretations of the law right yep. and uh, just wanted to know what uh, if there was anything in the sly about loo activities and he actually, <laughs> this is what he said it, he said it's dangerous to hold up play play for a batsman's nature's call unless it's for a pee a couple of minutes is fine but a long call in court cannot be warranted he'll have a lot to answer for otherwise so basically you he could not have gone off like you know taken a dump and come back out yeah. he would have been declared out there yeah yeah time wasting you can't, can't waste that much time Got to get in and out. <laughs> or get it out. You don't really want it in, right? No, 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 no. Don't keep it in. It's never good. Never healthy. There you go. Some health advice from us as well. <laughs> yes. All right. What's your next nomination? Uh, there's just so much that happened in this game. It's tough to just pick pick two or three out. Uh, uh, but it, uh, You helped me out with this one. And I, I didn't recall this immediately. But now looking back, uh, this was quite something. Uh, Jayant Yadav, who at that point had just like uh, become an overnight sensation, had done well against England. Scored 100 in Mumbai when nobody expected him to. Uh, and uh, then bowled this massive no ball uh, to clean bowl <laughs> David Vaughan around his legs. Um, and this is back when the third umpire wasn't making calls, right? It was the, the, the umpires in the middle who would actually signal front foot no balls. It seems like such a long time ago. It does. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, to the extent, Dan, like when I umpire for uh, the Saka uh, at local cricket, uh, I, I wish that happened here as well. Like, you know, uh, yep. you cover a lot of international cricket and then you have to go and do something like that. <laughs> uh, a couple of times I completely forgot that I have to call the no ball. I'm not yeah. kidding. Yeah, I hope nobody in local cricketing circles is listening to this. Well, the, um, the umpire signaled this one really quickly too. Like he signaled oh. it so quickly that the, the fielders didn't even appeal despite the fact that Warner had been clearly bowled. Like they, they already knew by the time it hit the stump that it was a no ball. So he didn't muck about with the call. Yeah, but but you, you could make out why when you saw the side on angle. It was, yeah. a, 
it was like you know a massive no ball for a spinner especially yeah. and Jayant Yadav is not the tallest and, and actually his delivery stride it's not very long so it was just interesting <laughs> I don't know what happened maybe he's, he lost his mark at some point because it was a bizarre no ball and he just fires the ball in uh, and it hits the, the edge of leg stump yeah. um, you know so if it was hit on the pads and if it was umpire's call he would not be out so it hit mm. the edge of the outside part of the leg stump uh, Warner's leg stump and went for four and Warner uh, and maybe look that's the thing right David Warner is so used to being uh, dismissed of no balls we've seen <laughs> that happen to him so many times yeah, uh, it's part of his tactics I think I think so I think so there must be something about David Warner when he's batting <laughs> that gets the bowler to just you know overstep the line or try to get closer to him for delivery yeah, everybody wants to get as close as possible to David Warner that's a known fact that is true yeah it's well known uh, in the in bowling circles I've, I've heard that as well like yeah get as close to David Warner as possible yeah I mean not with uh, the ball not after you've released the ball but before you've released mm. it so and I think uh, my favourite uh, and there are so many to pick from my favourite David Warner no ball dismissal um, <laughs> happened right here in Adelaide in 2014 Varun Aaron at that point the fastest uh, bowler uh, India had produced in test cricket uh, bowled him with a new ball and uh, bowled him uh, clean bowled him and started screaming come on come on come on in front of his face and <laughs> Actually, on this occasion, I think David Warner didn't hear uh, the no ball, or they checked it later, uh, because he had almost start, uh, walked off, not all the way off, but he'd walked off halfway uh, towards the dressing room, and then he was called back. Yep. Uh, and then what happened in the next few balls of that door, I've never seen it happen before or after, where the, a, a batsman or a batter was sledging the fast bowler. <laughs> like, where he would, Warner would defend the ball and then start screaming, come on, come on, come on, at Varun Aaron. <laughs> And Varun Aaron really did not know what to do. And, and, and Varun's a lovely guy. He's actually one of those fast bowlers who's uh, fiery on the field, but a lovely guy off the field. But for once, he just did not know what to do. What do you do, right? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, so David Warner did have the last laugh there. Uh, but yeah, again, even here, uh, I thought Ravi Shastri on commentary was just brilliant as well. And Ravi Shastri was sort of coming back into the commentary box after a brief stint as India coach. This is before, you know, he took over and started winning all over the place. And he was having a blast, Ravi Shastri. And uh, yeah, I, I wish I had uh, heard that. I would have given you a Ravi Shastri. I'm known for my Ravi Shastri impressions. Uh, maybe we can do it like uh, as as an add-on, as a bonus later on. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, he, he pulled out the the. It's all happening in Pune. Uh, uh, it's all happening in Pune. <laughs> yeah, he did give it. Uh, <laughs> he did give it the uh, the bill lorry there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that that yeah that that's a that's a very ridiculous moment. I, I, but I, I do love uh, I do love the fact that we can talk about. Uh, Favorite Dave Warner no ball dismissals. That's just the most ridiculous thing in the world that you can have a favorite one of those. All right. Uh, my next nomination is Steve O'Keefe doing weird bowling feats. So as we mentioned, uh, Steve O'Keefe, this was uh, the fifth test of his career. He'd, he'd previously taken 14 wickets in four tests and he added 12 to the list in this match. So in the first innings, he took six for 35. And he, well, I, I guess one of my favourite uh, rare bowling feats in that was he, he did the rare every other ball hat trick. <laughs> so in over 33 of India's first innings, he had uh, KL Rahul caught second ball. He had uh, Rehane caught at second slip fourth ball. 
And then he had Saha caught at slip on the sixth ball. So I, 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 every, every other ball hat trick. I, I think that's more impressive than a regular hat trick because, you know, any, anyone can dismiss a batter first ball when he doesn't yet have yeah. his eye in. I mean, that, that, that's why it doesn't count in backyard cricket. But uh, to get them on the second delivery, that takes a bit more skill, I think. Oh, uh, you know what? I, I have always been a big proponent for the I wasn't ready, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, power that a batter should have. Like, yep. you know, like we have in ba- backyard cricket, especially, mm. right? Where uh, if you out first ball, you say, I wasn't ready. Yeah. Yeah. Or a trial ball. Like, why yeah. not? I mean, the game is so, uh, you know, uh, so tended towards batters anyway. Just introduce the trial ball as well. And if you don't want to do it in test cricket or one day cricket, there are so many other formats these days, right? <laughs> the 100, the 60. Yeah. I was calling for an 8-over format last week and a lot of people took me seriously. But I, I hope nobody <laughs> nobody who matters took me seriously or we will have one. We'll have it. We'll have the 80 next year. Yeah. The, so, yeah, maybe we should uh, bring that in. Maybe I should give a call to Chris Gale. Yeah. You could add it to the 60 or I yeah. think that's what it's called. I think so. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's fair on the poor old batter. Yeah, make, make it a free hit as well. Yeah, I mean, it effectively is a free hit if you can't get mm, out, right? That is true, yeah. yeah. And then uh, I guess the, the other kind of weird thing that Steve O'Keefe managed in this test after taking six for 35 in the first innings was that he matched the figures precisely in the second innings. Another six for 35 in the second innings, which made it the, the best identical bowling figures in test match history. So 12 for 70 overall, two six for 35s. Uh, and I, I kind of like the idea that when... Um, you know, when you, you you click on a web link or something to see a bowler's best figures, it says six for thirty-five, and it says where it is. But in this one, like it doesn't, it, it uh, he's got two of them, so I'm not, yeah. not quite sure how they designate that, how they split. Them. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, you know, going into that series, there was so much. I mean, he received so much flack from the the late great Shane Warne, and nobody really wanted him to play that Test match. Mm. Uh, uh, and look, Ashton Agar was part of that party. The great Mitchell Swepson was there already. Oh, already, he was. I mean, it's amazing when you think about it, right? Like, we're talking about five and a half years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Swepson was part of that squad. People actually thought he could be playing. And obviously, Shane Vaughan wanted the Lex Spinner to play. Yes. Right? I mean, obviously, you would if you're, you're Shane Vaughan. Um, and Steve O'Keefe was look at the weakest link of that bowling mm. attack. And Shane Vaughan would say this repeatedly on commentary or in pre-match shows. Even on the day he would go on to, or he went on to take those first, uh, or the first six-wicket haul. And I, I remember very clearly... Uh, Dan, uh, this is back in my smoking days. I, right. I finished a fag. I was just walking towards uh, the press. Did, did your wife know you were smoking, or was this something you picked up after she left for Adelaide? Oh no, no. Clearly, I, it it was uh, the depression <laughs> of having like you know, oh, depression's the wrong word. Or oh, this is just uh, me being upset about her leaving. You know, yeah. like so I just you had to you do that, right? Like yes. Uh, that's when I started growing my hair, the beard, and yeah. all untrue. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, no, and I remember walking uh, back towards the, the the press box and the commentary box in, in Pune you have like a tent I don't know what it's like now but a tent like set up uh, with these uh, little boxes which act as commentary boxes and I, I, I remember Shane Vaughan and Michael Clark were just standing and having a chat uh, and very vividly remember walking up to both of them and asking Shane Vaughan I said this six wicket haul or Michael Clark six for nine which one do you rate <laughs> higher um, and, and he said that he thought about it and he was like it's very tough to pick which like you know I don't know which one was more uh, not he didn't say shittier but which one was more <laughs> undeserving or like you know which right. one of them was more undeserving of the six wicket hauls hard man to impress his Shane Vaughan yeah I know I know it's tough to impress you this is the first innings but I'm sure he was singing this, uh, Steve O'Keefe's praises after the second innings yeah. right? you know, but it, 
to Steve O'Keefe's credit, I thought he bowled brilliantly. And uh, on a pitch like that, you you hear from a lot of former um, uh, spinners in the subcontinent. You almost have to become a slow medium pacer, mm. you know, right? You just have to uh, do what Jadeja does uh, very regularly, and what Jadeja couldn't do in that Test match, or Steve O'Keefe out outdid him, outdid both Jadeja and Ashwin, and that's where I think and Lyon, you know, I yeah. thought he was the to be the best spinner in a Test match on a turning pitch when you're playing alongside Ashwin Lyon. Um, and uh, uh, Jadeja, I think, tells a lot. At yeah. this point, like I said, Ashwin and Jadeja were rated one and two. Um, so, yeah, Steve O'Keefe deserved a lot of uh, credit. I remember writing about, uh, you know, he had this alcohol ban uh, mm. he'd imposed on him, if you remember, you know, after all the indiscretions he had, yes. uh, uh, you know, that had uh, occurred in his career and like on and off the field. Uh, and he was closing in at that point on 200 days uh, since his last beer. Right. Right. And uh, interestingly enough, the day he took his first six wicket haul. So you don't have this in Australia because I think Australia would shut down if there's ever a dry day <laughs> in Australia. But there are many dry days in India. Right. Uh, I mean, there are some states in India which are dry states. Okay. Uh, but thankfully, Maharashtra, which uh, houses both Mumbai and Pune, isn't, uh, aren't, I mean, that they don't belong to a dry state. So Maharashtra isn't a dry state. And I grew up there. Uh, says a lot about, like, you know, now you know a lot about me already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there are lots of dry days and not just just on um, uh, like days or like the Independence Day. That's funny, right? We celebrate our Independence Day with no alcohol and our Republic Day as well. Yeah. Uh, I just had to sneak in the Republic Day there. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. And um, lots of other festivals. And we do have, uh, especially in Hinduism, we have, like, I think, somewhere close to 8.2 million gods and deities. So pretty much not all of them thankfully fall uh, or are celebrated on a dry day but a lot of them are right. and this happened to be on a dry day so for um, someone who had you know put an alcohol ban on himself to then produce this magical performance his best ever performance uh, on a dry day I, do, you, do you see the poetry yeah, in this? yeah no, that, that, that's, a, that's good uh, did he have a drink after the, the second six for? He should have. I, I, I just read my piece. I said, I, I don't know who I was to declare it, but I said he should. I ended my piece saying, yeah, today would be the best day for him to break it. Yeah. We still don't know. We'll, yeah. we'll have to find out. Hey, hey, look, probably best uh, given some of his behavior when he when he does have a few drinks, I think. I know, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. And I thought overall, he, he, I think, consolidated his performance in Pune well. Uh, I think Indians started playing him much better as the series progressed. Mm. But but you spoke about 6 for 35, but the, his Spell that seven for eleven. Yes, um, and that is my next nomination. Right. Okay. And India losing seven for nice eleven. Segue. Which yeah, thank you. And which at that point was their uh, or was their worst ever collapse. This is a few years before thirty six and all that in Adelaide. Yes. Uh, but even in Adelaide, I don't think they lost seven for eleven. Seven for eleven is just mad. Uh, at, at that point, India's worst ever collapse in Test cricket was seven for eighteen, and that had happened right. in Christchurch uh, back in February nineteen ninety. And it's it's a famous series. Uh, it's the only time Sachin Tendulkar faced Richard Hadley. So, you know, two eras yeah. together. Um, and Hadley and Danny Morrison just ran through India. Ian Smith made a famous 100. And uh, But what that series is most known for is while India were flying back, uh, Bishan Singh Bedi, who was the, the then Indian coach and who was not known to hold back, uh, spoke <laughs> about how he wanted to throw all of them into uh, whichever ocean comes the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, on this day, 
or dumped into the Pacific, he had said, uh, to be to be precise. Right. Uh, and uh, India looked looked good. I think KL Rahul was batting really well. And then he played a shot which uh, sort of set the rot in motion. And Anil Kumble, who was the coach at this point, wasn't very happy with it. He even said that one point when uh, someone asked him in the press conference if he thought... Uh, because KL Rahul had a left shoulder niggle. I think he'd hurt himself while fielding. Mm-hmm. And someone asked him, uh, oh, uh, do you think it was the pain in his shoulder that prompted KL Rahul to play that? Hoik that you know uh, led to him being dismissed and Anil Kumle I remember clearly said I think the shot created the injury not just to him but even to the team (laughs) (laughs) so yeah some tough love from uh, Anil Kumle and it was just magical bowling from Steve O'Keefe like so like I said six for five in 4.1 overs those were his figures when uh, you know those six wickets yes six for 35 looks good but when you break it down the fact that uh, his figures when he was taking those wickets were 4.1 overs one maiden, five runs, six wickets. That's, yeah, maybe one of the greatest spells ever in Test cricket. We just yeah, did, yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. I, I, I think one of my favourite wickets was one of the very few that O'Keefe didn't take. Uh, it was Ravi Ashwin's wicket, uh, which uh, he, he defended a ball from Lyon and somehow it hit him on the boot and bounced up. And Hanscom, who was uh, fielding in close on the leg side, dove forward to claim the catch. So Australia did uh, do a couple of really, really sharp catches uh, in, in this collapse as well. Oh, no, very much. And Hanscom was on top of it, right? That catch mm. of Rahane was incredible at Gully. Yep. He just diving to his right, uh, picking it up just uh, just as it was about to land. And this one as well. I think Hanscom, uh, this was Hanscom's make. Uh, people thought he was made to play or be successful in the subcontinent. And he was. You know, he went on to have a very good series and he was taking all these catches. Uh, you thought that Hanscom and Renshaw were in for good. You know, yeah. uh, even even with his bubble issues, Renshaw made a very <laughs> handy 60-odd in that inning. So, uh, and I, I just do uh, want to, uh, on Steve O'Keefe, uh, his quotes towards the end of the test, I thought were really good. Uh, his, that press conference was one of the more um, honest press conferences I've attended in my time as a journalist, Dan. He was so open about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he spoke about how, uh, you know, about his mother. He'd spoken about in an interview about sh- how she was she used to drive him around and uh, even though she was working through the night as, as a nurse to, you know, to keep things in order at home. So uh, he did speak about how six years ago, prior to this test, Virat Kohli was at the Adelaide Academy, or not the Academy, in, in Brisbane by then, I think that had shifted. And he used to drive him around. So Steve O'Keefe, Matthew Wade, and Virat Kohli, if I'm not mistaken, were very good friends at that point. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and his quote was, I used to drive him around so that he could get his uh, Asics shoes. <laughs> so since I looked after him a bit there, I'm sure he owns a shoe factory now. So hopefully I'd get a pair of <laughs> shoes from him. It was it was really good. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I thought uh, uh, I we just had to slip it in there. Uh, it, it was wonderful. He was so happy. I remember he was so happy as he was leaving. Uh, I remember the uh, uh, my great friend Pete Lawler said something to him about uh, you know about the spell, and you could see that he was just genuinely uh, surprised. Mm. But- you know, but he wasn't alone. Uh, he wasn't alone. Yeah, he was overjoyed. Uh, and he spoke about the criticism that Shane Warne had come from Shane Warne. Yeah. That Shane Warne's mentor Terry Jenner had they uh, uh, all had come his way from Terry Jenner when he was alive and he was running the academy where Steve O'Keefe was. So yeah, I mean it was kind of a. Uh, you know, a moment which everybody deserves in life, and mm. I'm glad it was Steve O'Keefe. Yeah, 
Fantastic. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. So that's uh, the 7 for 11 collapse. All right. uh, My next nomination is uh, Steve Smith scoring 5 for 100. So as we mentioned, Smith scored a century in Australia's second innings. He made 109. Uh, But he was also given five lives in the process. So he was dropped four times on the way to this century. And he was also given not out on an LBW that if it had been reviewed would have been out. But uh, Indy were in a a very uh, burn review phase of of their... uh, of their DRS career at this point. So uh, they didn't have a, have a review to get him out on that LBW. So uh, Steve Smith later described his century here. He did an Instagram Q&A and he described it as a fluke. He said, uh, I got dropped five times, so essentially I got five good 20s. Fluke. Uh, but <laughs> ne- nevertheless, despite uh, being dropped five times and having you know, essentially five wickets to get his century, his 100 was more than each of India's team innings. So And, and they had 10 wickets each time. So I still think it's okay, right? Oh, I really thought it was... I know, you know, he was dropped a few times. He he had a few reprieves. I think he's being a little harsh on himself. Yeah. It was brilliant batting. I mean, when he... Uh, see, that's test cricket in those conditions, right? Where I mean, you hear it so often uh, when teams go and play in England, especially in May and June when the or even in April when the ball's doing a lot. Uh, you have to be lucky to survive mm, yeah. at times, right? And, and Steve Smith had spoken a lot about how uh, they wanted to, you know, get rid of that whole myth of, oh, there is a... Uh, you know, every uh, you'll get a ball with your name on it when mm. you bat in those conditions, uh, which is a very interesting term. I've always uh, been surprised nobody's actually done that. So, you know, <laughs> actually written a batter's name and like uh, maybe it would count as tampering with the ball, but just yeah. I don't know, do something. Yeah. I mean, uh, unless you're bowling to a batter named what Duke or Kookaburra, I guess. That is true. That yeah. is true. Yeah. I'm surprised we've never had a, I mean, we've had a few Dukes who played cricket, yeah. but nobody with a surname called. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it kind of uh, gets you thinking yeah i wish mm. I, now i'm going to go go around the world looking for a batter called you just to <laughs> yeah or sg maybe like yes yeah uh, it must Thomas be an sg somewhere like you know dismissed with an sg ball oh, I mean, counted as like you the, know the man who the trophy is named after uh, true there you go exactly yeah, yeah. uh and I, I thought it was uh, a blueprint and how to play spin in those conditions and i interviewed steve smith earlier this year in sri lanka uh, and he did tell me that uh, the way he batted against jadeja not only in that test match but that series because previously he'd been getting into a lot of trouble with left arm spinners just like Jadeja who just started mm-hmm. in and he was getting LBW but he felt that he played him so well that it's a blueprint that he still carries with him when it comes to playing uh, spin in the subcontinent so I think Steve Smith was being a little harsh on himself which he is at times Yeah. Uh, but yeah I mean that's uh, for many who were there I think it counts as uh, uh, one of the better centuries you've seen uh, being scored in those conditions it wasn't as dominating as the Kevin Peterson one I saw uh, in Mumbai in 2012, but it was it was right up there despite all these chances. Yeah. All right. So do we have any uh, moments that we we uh, that were ridiculous but not quite good enough to make our our top three? Do Do you have any uh, here? Uh, I mean, just the fact that Umesh Yadav uh, took four wickets in the first innings. I mean, we've spoken so much, so much about spin and batting mm. against spin and Steve O'Keefe. Uh, but A, Umesh Yadav didn't come on to bowl till the 28th over. The one where he got David Warner out. Yep. Uh, which is kind of fascinating when you think about it, right? You pick one fast bowler <laughs> in the side and he doesn't get a ball before the 28, <laughs> 28th over. Uh, yep. Which said a lot about in how India had read the pitch. Very different to the curator. Yeah. 
Yes, <laughs> I was just about to say. Yeah, and he bowled so well at that at one point he could have almost finished with a five-wicket haul. He mm. was just a little unlucky. Uh, and Stark and Hazelwood again were the ones who set the ball rolling for Australia in the first innings. Uh, got rid of Kohli as well very early on. His first duck, like we said, ever in international cricket at that point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, uh, just the fact that the fast bowlers had a say mm. in itself is quite ridiculous on that pitch. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of Stark and Hazelwood, uh, the, an, another ridiculous moment came a little bit before they started with the ball. With the bat, they uh, uh-huh. put on a 55-run partnership for the, the final wicket. Stark uh, scored 61 of 63 in total. Uh, but of the 55-run partnership, uh, good old Josh Hazelwood contributed one run. So <laughs> I, I did enjoy that. Uh, that's nice. Uh, and just a couple more from me. One is like uh, we spoke about Virat Kohli and Steve O'Keefe getting him out in the second innings. If he sh- I think he shouldered out. Mm. Um, and it's since become like the meme, right? Or uh, the, the the GIF file. I really don't know how to pronounce that. Just GIF or GIF. GIF I have yeah. Oh, it is GIF, yeah. The GIF file uh, where he just looks bewildered at being clean bowled by uh, whether it's Adil Rashid, Moin Ali, so that it's <laughs> happened so often after that. Um, I think the Moin Ali one is the most popular one. But this, this I think, was the uh, where it all started. The first time that Virat Kohli was bowled by a spinner and he just stood uh, and keep, kept turning around at once, not just once, twice or thrice. <laughs> almost like uh, it, somewhere in Virat Kohli's head, it was like, but this is cannot be happening. I cannot be bowled. Why isn't the stump just not, you know, why aren't the bales just not appearing on top of the stumps again? Why isn't anyone else doing this? This is not yeah. allowed. This is not part of the game. Yeah, I mean, I he, all... yeah, you should totally go full WG Grace, right? Just pick him yeah. up, put him back on. No, no, no. Everyone's come to watch Coley bat. They're not here to watch bloody Steve O'Keefe bowl. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And he would have gotten away with it as well. Like, <laughs> he definitely would have. I don't think anyone in the crowd would have had any issues with it. Yeah. And speaking speaking of the crowd as well, uh, and, and look, I think the test match finished late afternoon from memory, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, uh, the Australians were there till the wee hours. I mean, well after the sun had set, uh, celebrating and singing. Uh, and a lot of us stayed back just to finish our stories. There was a lot to write about, as you can imagine. Yep. Uh, India's first loss in, and some ridiculous numbers, first loss in 4,502 days. Oh, this is Australia's first test win on Indian soil in 4,502 days. And India hadn't lost a test match in home so 52 months oh, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. uh, mad numbers so uh, there was a lot to write about and at one point the Indian team randomly like walked out and started playing keep uppy with the, with the <laughs> soccer ball and uh, thankfully there was no one in the crowd yeah that happened because an Indian crowd or any crowd in the subcontinent after a loss like that you're better off I mean most team home teams would just rush out right like they wouldn't like stay back and there they were playing keepy uppy for like some 20 minutes I mean there's <laughs> one thing about like you know wanting to move on and forget about what happened and all that. Like Ravi Shastri said, we're 36 as a badge, like after the Adelaide test. But to go out there and play play around with the soccer ball was kind of funny. It was kind yeah. of interesting. Uh, and, and look, thankfully nobody got injured. Imagine being the guy who got <laughs> injured while playing keepy uppy after your team has been yeah. smashed in a day and a half or two yes. days and a half. Yeah. All right, so it's probably time to vote now for what we think the the three, two, one moments out of our nomination. So just to quickly go through the nominations, we've got the curator saying it's going to be a, a lightning-fast pace pitch. We've got Matt Renshaw shitting himself. Uh, we got uh, Yadav bowling Warner around his legs with a no ball. O'Keefe's nonsensical bowling. India's 7 for 11 collapse. And Steve Smith's 5 for 100. So did, does anything leap out of you as uh, being either spectacularly, you know, 
strong uh, claim for the for the number one position out of those those six? Ah, oh, yeah, look, uh, it, it pains me to say this, but it has to be Matt Renshaw. Yeah, right? I, I was thinking it's probably <laughs> Renshaw as well. You can't you can't think beyond Matt Renshaw like running off the field. And, uh, yeah, and, and look, I think also the fact that he's been so honest about his bowling yeah. moments ever since uh, even adds to it. Uh, and, and it's so human, isn't it? It's, it's just, uh, I mean, as, as you said, everybody has been in this situation, not not often in the middle of a cricket pitch, but uh, yeah, you, you felt for poor Matt Renshaw. Very much so. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think he has to be a hands-down winner uh, yeah. for this test. I, I am quite tickled by the, the, the curator claiming the pitch was going to be uh, a super fast one. That, that's very funny. But I, I think it is hard to go past the India's 7 for 11. Yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, that, that's a that's a record-breaking collapse. I, I think that that's that's pretty ridiculous stuff. Oh, yeah. And, and, and it come on the back of in India being such a dominant side. I, I was reading my preview for this uh, test match about yeah. how India have taken the pitch out of the equation and like in a dozen matter what the pitch does they'll still I don't know why I'm sounding like Ravi Shastri all of a sudden but you know, it, 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 that was the tone of my piece like yeah. it was like nothing can stop India and then you know uh, poor old Steve O'Keefe uh, does what he does so, yeah. or what he did well, so, well yeah. fair enough to assume that if they hadn't lost a test on home soil in you know four and a bit years so, yeah, yeah true that's true yeah yeah exactly so I think yeah that's also a lesson for uh, home teams right there's uh, a, a level to which you can sort of doctor or whatever tamper with the pitch mm. but you know if you make it extreme this extreme you're just bringing the opposition into the game like yeah. that's what happened there yeah so I, I i guess the final nominations so what we've got left here is steve o'keefe's which i think is pretty strong mm-hmm. I, I i not not so much the, uh, the 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 fact that he got the exact same figures in both uh both innings and uh the every other ball hat trick I, I think is more the crux of my nomination uh what else have we got? The the bowling Warner off a, a no ball. That that seems almost too commonplace now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I think we. Uh, I don't think it, it it makes the cut, but it's good to know that uh, we could we could one day just do an episode or yes. uh, do a show on David Warner getting Ca- count down Warner's best no ball <laughs> wickets. Yeah, uh, and then we've got uh, the, the the curator's fast pitch and Steve Smith's five for a hundred. Uh, any anything leaping out at you there? Yeah, I look for the one it, point. I think Steve O'Keefe's moment under the sun, right? I mean, you can or you can argue that the seven for eleven is sort of also Steve O'Keefe. Yeah, uh, and sneak in maybe the curator just because of how the test match. I I, I I I'm I'm a big fan of the curator claiming it was going to be a fast pitch. Uh, I didn't know that before you put it in in the sheet. So uh, yeah, I that that really tickles me. So sorry, Steve O'Keefe, you'll just have to settle for your uh, ridiculously good bowler figures because. I think we're going to give the the curator one point, <laughs> which uh, does but does make this uh, this first test a draw. It does. Uh, yeah. Australia's via Matt Renshaw get three points, but India via the seven for eleven and the the optimistic claims of it being a fast pitch get two and one point to draw the first test. So we'll be going to the second test uh, nil all. Well, very much so. And courtesy the curator, look, like he's played. He he eventually did deliver uh, what I had asked him for back yes. then, if you remember. Uh, so, no, and he's done it again. He's uh, got us off on a very... Yeah, to an even start, I yes. think it like yeah, and that's that's where we should be at as well uh, at the start of this uh, border Gavaskar series or the ridiculous border Gavaskar series. Uh, you know, as we go into each one of these test matches and the many many other series that they've played, you'll find that they've just become so uh, close to each other in terms of uh, uh, where they stack up uh, when yep. you consider all conditions and everything. Even though India beat in Australia twice in uh, two series in Australia, which is kind of unheard of. Um, I 
I think, yeah, it kind of sets us off well. Yes, I, I agree. So, uh, yeah, so thank you for listening. Uh, you can check out Barat's writing. Where, where, where's the best place to find your writing? Oh, it's generally, I mean, I, I do write uh, the most for crickbuzz.com. I yeah. am uh, contracted to them. Uh, but, yeah, I, I write here, there, everywhere. Otherwise, uh, I do, uh, yeah, I say a lot of random things on Twitter. You can follow me if you want to see a lot of dog pictures and dog videos doing ridiculous things. Yeah, uh, so, so you can fo- follow Barat at BeastieBoy07. Uh, and I'm at Lieb Cricket. We we do also have a Twitter account for uh, this particular podcast. That's Ridic BG R I D I C B G. I tried to get Ridiculous BG, but somebody already has that uh, oh, for some wow. reason. Uh, you can also find my writing. I'm over at LiebCricket.com, and we will be back in a week with our coverage of the second test of the 2017 Ridiculous Border Gavaskar series. So make sure you don't miss out on that by subscribing to the podcast, and that's also where you can give us your honest five star ratings on the podcast store of your choice and we will speak to you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.